The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. But Mule saw Yoruba Dada. So tell about more. Yoruba me Gina gone. And my Yoruba sounds like Baba. So my English is quite American and my Yoruba is quite Yoruba. And so, but I will say this for the benefit of everyone here and those watching by live stream. I had the benefit and privilege of really observing your leader, Dr. K, over the past few days, being with him, enjoying the presence of the Holy Spirit in the meetings we were in, but watching him continuing to mentor people one-on-one. His spiritual children came from different places. You see, ministry is not just when you're holding the microphone. Ministry is endless. Even before we got in the car yesterday, he was still encouraging someone, breaking strongholds, delivering people from the power of darkness up until we left. And when we got to the airport and, the, and they said, wait, just sit down. Maybe the plane will come. He said, no, we're not sitting. We're going to go. I have to be there tomorrow. The dedication, the devotion. We got to the first place. And the Molues didn't look like the things we should be inside. So we went to the next place. Then we went to the third place. We finally got in a car. This man of God loves people. And he loves his church. And he's committed to God. 7, 10 p.m. Who gets in a car at 7, 10 p.m.? But he said, I'm going. I will go till I get there because I have to be somewhere today. And so I love you, I honor you, I appreciate your heart for the things of the kingdom. It is incredible. It is incredible. It is incredible. It is incredible. You demonstrated in the big things, you demonstrated in the small things, and the vision the Lord gave to you and one Ife. I am blessed, privileged, honored to be here to see what the Lord has done. I didn't know I would be speaking today, but he asked me to speak. I have about 15 minutes. I'm, I'm watching the clock now, so my 15 minutes begins now. So, thank you. Um, I'm going to speak real quickly. As you're sitting down, just lift up your hands. Close your eyes for a minute, and I'm going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, for everyone under the sound of my voice, watching by Facebook Live, watching through projections in their various buildings, I ask in Jesus' name, that any stronghold that might be in their lives will be broken permanently today, and that, Father, the images that are not of you will be completely cast down today in the name of Jesus Christ. They will soar up with wings as eagles. They will be successful in all that you've asked them to do. No more limitations, no more boundaries. In the realm of the Spirit, they are loosened, and they will become all that they will need to become for your glory in the name of Jesus Christ. So Dr. K asked me to speak and to speak on the topic I had spoken on while I was at his church. He asked me to speak on casting down imaginations. And so I'm going to be tying that with how you can cast down imaginations and soar with wings as an eagle. I have to tell you, I am an Assemblies of God ordained minister. I oversee the Black Hills sectional women's ministry that has about 12 churches. I am the only black person family in our church. I've been married for 24 years. I have three children, a girl, boy, girl, 21, 19, and 17. And my family, I thank them for letting me be here. And I will tell you, God will use you in places you least can imagine. Because he's using me amongst predominantly white people, because he strategically positioned me for a time as this. 
and the Lord is doing great things. So Dr. K asked me to speak on casting down destructive imaginations, a message I had preached at his church and a message that is just transforming life. So I'm going to speak really quickly. And as I speak, I want you to open up your eyes to see what has been do, what has occurred in the past in your life and to open your ears to receive what the Lord is going to permanently cast down today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So we get into the book of Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 10, uh, verses 3 to 6. And it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So I'm going to be talking about those really briefly. You know, Satan from a tender age attempts to destroy us, and we don't even realize it. But from a tender age, he begins to do things that we remember the rest of our lives that he then tries to use to dictate destruction into our lives. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? I'll give you an example. How many of you witnessed the death of someone when you were young? A death that you kind of remember till this day. How many of you witnessed that? Thank you. How many of you witnessed divorce? Your parents, your aunt, a close friend, somebody that you knew went through a horrific divorce. Anyone? Thank you. Alcoholism, molestation, abuse, neglect, poverty. You witness something that you may be watching a movie and it all comes back. You're back in the room you were in when you were five. You're back in the room you were in when you were 12. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Today the Lord will permanently pull down those images in Jesus' name. Graphic details in your head. Illnesses that bankrupted and ultimately killed someone. You witnessed it. I did. I witnessed a man who was in a room in, 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 in a house where they were feeding him. Apparently he had high blood pressure and they couldn't get it under control. And so they were feeding him specific stuff. He stayed in the room. His whole finances went bankrupt. He, he was horrible. And then he ultimately died. I was about nine. But I remembered it because it was drawn out. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that happened to him. I witnessed people having extramarital affairs. I witnessed people losing their jobs. I witnessed poverty creeping into the home. I witnessed Christians appearing not to be blessed. Christians who would go to church and smile and dance, and before they get in the car, at the church, as a child, they would be fighting. And people don't know the strategies of the enemy because then all of a sudden, children are looking around going, but they were just dancing. And you'd hear it, what do you want to do? And you'd hear it, well, you know, just praising God as a protocol officer dancing. I witnessed those things. And then I began to understand Satan's goal. His goal is to imprint. And what does it mean to imprint? To stamp. To, to embose. To brand. To inscribe. To etch. To make someone have something that belongs to him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can't soar as an eagle if you have weights on. Are you hearing me? If your wings are strapped down, you could be the champion eagle. You could be the eagle who should soar the most amongst eagles. But if there are weights tied down on you, you cannot soar. So today, in the name of Jesus Christ, those weights will be permanently broken in Jesus' name. I began to study animals. A mother zebra. How many of you know that zebras have beautiful stripes? But a mother zebra, who's the sole caregiver of her, of her baby... Her foal takes the baby away for about five days. 
And you know what it's doing? It's helping the baby recognize its smell, its stripes, and its voice. Three things. So by chance the baby became blind, it could still smell and it could still hear. If it lost its ability to smell, it could see, it could hear. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 10, we will not hear the voice of the stranger. We will hear the voice of the Lord. But because the devil has attempted to imprint, to etch into our minds things for a very long time, we no longer know the voice of God the way we should, but we easily recognize the voice of the devil. And today, in the name of Jesus Christ, the things that he has put to prevent you from soaring will be broken permanently in Jesus' name. So we talk about strongholds. What are strongholds? Strongholds is a place that has been fortified so as to protect it against attack. It's a place where a particular cause or belief is strongly upheld or defended. And so if you have a stronghold which we will be pulling down, something may have been spoken into your life as a child that you are now allowing to dictate who you are. And you are reinforcing it. A stronghold you reinforce it. So if someone said you'll never amount to anything, you begin to do things as someone who will never amount to anything. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The day you have the interview is the one time you wake up late. The day you have your first day on the job is the one time the iron doesn't work because you didn't think strategically to iron your clothes early. There's no nepa, there's no nothing, and so you show up in wrinkled clothes. A stronghold is something that you behave in a manner to get the outcome that you expect. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so in different lives, I come from a broken home. And a lot of things, negative things were spoken over me that the Lord had to deliver me from. I was told at a tender age that I had the eyes of a thief. You see, when parents are fighting and they hate each other, and I'm not talking about my family, and I'm talking generally now. When people have discord, they look at you and they resent you because they see the person they're now resenting you. Are you hearing me? So the things they can't say to the person, they say to you. And that was a negative prophecy spoken over my life that I had to learn to stand in front of the mirror and to say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the apple of God's eye. I am tattooed on the palm of his hands. Before I was conceived in my mother's womb, had he known me, had he called me, had he chosen me? Are you hearing what I'm saying? I had to cast down those weights because if I didn't, only God knows where I would end up. I mean, I would look in the mirror and I would say, how do they know that I have the eyes of a thief? Am I going to become a serial killer? Am I, I mean, who tells those things into the lives of children? So for everything that has been spoken into your life that is preventing you from soaring, like an eagle. In the name of Jesus Christ, I cast it down and I break it. So a stronghold makes you behave in a certain way. But we think about images. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. Imaginations, images. Imagination has the word image in it, right? Images are pictures, snapshots, photos, likenesses, resemblances that become imprinted. So I could be watching a movie with my husband. Sitting, eating popcorn, enjoying my husband. And all of a sudden, it's a movie about a couple struggling. I start to cry. You know why? I'm back. That was before. This is 20 years ago. I've been married for 24 now. I would be back in my childhood, reliving the nightmare that my parents experienced. I would be present watching the movie, but completely absent. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Lord began to deliver me from those things. Let me tell you something, something about an image. It doesn't have to be true for you, if it is, it, but it can become your reality. 
Your reality and truth are two different things. And so you take note of that. Number two, trauma has been determined to be imprinted permanently on the brain. It's a scientific fact. So the devil wants to imprint, but spiritually trauma can be removed. So it's imprinted, but it doesn't mean it's imprinted forever and ever. It just means it's there. Boom. Now you have to get rid of it. And the worst part of it is you don't have to experience it to live it. So there's now secondary traumatic stress, which means if I witness Pastor Tunde going through a hardship if as a child, maybe he went through something and I was a close friend of his, I could bear more of the burden than him. And now I now have secondary traumatic stress disorder imprinted on my brain. The Lord could deliver him and I could still be in it. Are you hearing how Satan tries to destroy? So today we're going to cast down all those images in Jesus' name. I used to always pray as a child that my parents wouldn't die. Even though they, were, they had gone through hardship, they had divorced. I witnessed kids whose parents died prematurely. And how they became the omodo for other people. Lecherous children. Children who spoke eloquently. Children who did well. And they were the talk of the town because they had everything. All of a sudden, they were omodo. So I began to pray as a child that I would not experience that. And then when I became an adult... I began, as soon as I had my first child, I began to pray that God would not kill me. How many of you see that's dumb right there? God, don't let me die. Don't kill me. False doctrine. Let me live so that my husband, who loves me dearly, will not marry a foolish evil woman who will then treat my child like an omodo because my father had remarried and I was treated like an omodo, even though I didn't suffer to the degree that the other kids who had lost their parents suffered. So I lived all these years afraid that my suffering could even be further maximized. I married, had a kid, and then began to get afraid. A stronghold and an image can follow you the rest of your life if you don't break it. How do we soar? Those who wait on the Lord will be renewed. They will soar. They won't faint. They won't be weary. But we have to let the Lord drop all those weights. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be wrapping up. Imaginations. The act of power of Forming an image that is not present to the senses or never before completely perceived in reality. So an image is imprinted. An imagination is something you can just sit down and dream of. And the devil likes for us to dream of stuff. You see on the news, they might say something. And all of a sudden, you're dreaming of it and it becomes your reality even though it never happened to you. Because I come from a broken home, self-pity became my best friend. I asked the Lord after Dr. K told me this morning I'd be speaking. I said, Lord, show me how I would have behaved yesterday, 20 years ago. And so I'm going to, as I wrap up, I'll show you how I would have behaved. Last night I called my husband and just told him we made it safely to Lagos. Praise the Lord. It was midnight here. 20 years ago, I would have called him. You won't believe what happened. I almost died today. First of all, the plane didn't leave. And then my dear friend, Dr. K, said, let's go by road. And before I continue, I'll correct it. Dr. K looked at me and said, are you up to traveling by road? If you're not up to traveling, I will arrange personally for you to come tomorrow because he has to answer to my husband. So he was very good. And we both decided I had peace. He had peace. We went. But 20 years ago, I'd have said, I almost died. My friend put me in a car at 7, 10 p.m. It was dark. Even the planes refused to land, and this man decided, let's go. 
We hit about a thousand bumps on the way. A madman got in the middle of the street. We almost killed someone. And if we had killed him, we would have had to wait. We would have been robbed by armed robbers. We would not have made it to Lagos. As a matter of fact, the police would be calling you to identify the body of your wife that would have been dead. That was me 20 years ago. Are you hearing what I'm saying? My knees are stiff. My back hurts. I can hardly move. I might have to see a chiropractor the minute I get back to the States. I mean, can you hear the self-pity? So when, the, when I asked the Lord in that room, show me how it would have been 20 years ago. But today, as soon as I got to the hotel and they dropped me off, I fell on my knees. Thank you, Lord. Your angels went before us. Thank you, Father, because every mountain was made plain. Every valley was filled up. Every crooked road was made straight. Every rough road was made smooth. We praised and we worshiped God every time we got to a significant spot. Pastor K would say, thank you, Jesus. We are in Obomashal. Thank you, Jesus. And we would stop our conversations, lift our hands up to heaven, praise the Lord, and continue talking. That is what I saw. 20 years ago, I would have seen all the catastrophic things that could occur, even though they were not in reality. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so today, in the name of Jesus Christ, the things that you may have struggled with, self-pity was mine. Nothing was good enough. If my husband bought me jewelry, I didn't like the jewelry. If he didn't buy me jewelry, I wondered why he didn't buy me jewelry. I wondered if he got it on sale. If he got it on sale, why did he buy me jewelry on sale? If you paid full price, why did he pay full price? A stronghold, you're never right. It's always your fault. And the Lord broke all that from my life, and I'm trusting God. With the traumatic experience I have had in my life, I was giving Dr. K some further information he didn't know about me, of how the traumatic experience began at age eight, when I was taken away from Michigan, brought to Nigeria, not allowed to talk about my mother or mention her name for five years. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I suffered. People look at me today, and they don't even understand the degree with which I suffered. Dr. K, you said continue the flow. How long? I like time, but I'll continue. I suffered. People look at me today, and they think I can't relate to them until I begin to counsel them. Oh, you'll never understand. You've never suffered in your life. Oh, do you want me to tell you how much I suffered? And I begin to tell them. But I'll tell you why people see that, look at me, and they don't see that I've ever suffered. Because the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed my mind of every stronghold, of every demonic influence, of everything that was imprinted, of every stronghold. Everything has been cast down. I enjoyed my ride from 7.10 to 12 midnight because the presence of the Lord was real in the car. The angels of the Lord encompassed around about us. It was a smooth drive. It was a refreshing drive. 20 years ago, no. No, I could see disaster from a mile away. When I first got married, my husband would say, why are you like this? I mean, when you have baggages and strongholds, images, imaginations, things that you've taken with you, the word imagination has images, imagine nations of images. So the things your parents had that they brought, you've taken, the things their parents had, and so there are now nations of negative images following you around your life, and you don't even know today we're going to cast it down in Jesus' name. So, I was a dynamic person who loved the Lord. I've loved the Lord most of my life since I was a kid. Loved the Lord, but I didn't know I had baggages. I had no idea. I looked cute. 
I was once a tiny size. I saw the quiet people and I remember the days I used to look like that. But all things are possible unto him who believes. People who look at me, they looked at me in Baba's house yesterday and they said, oh, we never thought. I said, all things are truly possible. It is possible. And so I was cute on the outside because I had learned the art of zipping myself up and being cute. How many of you know how to do that? You get the hair done. You get the nails done. You get the makeup done. You know the word, but you've not allowed God to get into those innermost places that hurt you. But you want to soar as an eagle, but you have weights on you. The only way you can soar is to say, Lord, it's true. This wing is strapped down by five weights. This one by ten. My feet are strapped. Lord, let's break them down together. It's the most difficult thing you'll ever do. You know why? Because you'll get real. And God already knows. But he wants you to get real with him. He wants you to bring the pain to him. He wants you to cry. He wants you to talk about it with him. I remember the day that I had the conversation with God. And I was crying. I was crying. The Lord said to me, I heard him say, it's time. I used to get angry. And my husband would say to me when we first got married, he could walk into a room and I would sit down. Would you mean to contort? Not talking to a human being. But something would have triggered something from my past. And I would sit down there. And sometimes I'd even like, having a conversation with myself. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And then the Lord said to me one day, it's time. Because you get angry. Life is good, but you don't see it. You don't see the blessings of the Lord. I, and the Lord said, I always, I speak grace and peace to you. Peace is inner calm, spiritual well-being. Inner calm. You don't have the inner calm. Your life is in turmoil on the inside. You know the word. You teach the word. But there are certain things you don't want me to heal because it's painful. So I said to the Lord, let's have this conversation. And I began to cry. Where were you, God, when my father took us from my mom? For five years, I didn't know if she was alive or dead. Where were you, God? We didn't have Instagram. We didn't have Facebook. We didn't have cell phones. Where were you, God, when I was being made to be like a servant in my own father's house? An American kid who was now waking up at 5 a.m., doing farm work outside just to torment me. Where were you, God, when I had to do the common entrance exam and I had to do housework first? Where were you, God, when before jam, I was woken up and used like an omodo in the hopes that I would be exhausted? Where were you, God, when my sister was being mistreated? Where were you, God, when my brother was being psychologically tortured? And as I cried, the Lord flashed my whole past life before me. I have never left you. I've never forsaken you. That verse repeated over and over again in the Bible says, I've never left you emotionally. I've never forsaken you spiritually. I've never forsaken you. I've never left you physically. I'm sorry. I've never forsaken you emotionally. So physically I've been present. Emotionally I've been present. And he began to show me all the people from the fourth grade teacher to the fifth grade teacher, people who took interest in me. People who loved me. And the Lord said to me, what you were seeking in one person that you didn't get, I gave you ten others. Baba is my spiritual father. He was, I was 17 when he met me. And he took me under his wings. Mommy Faith, his wife, is my spiritual mother. They took me. I finished secondary school, went to university. And within a month, not even a month, two weeks of being in university, I met them. I told Dr. K at the time, I went to Rem and God changed my life. The Lord knew the wrong hands I may have fallen into. And for the next phase of my life, he gave me people. He gave me all sorts of people. 
He gave me, and the Lord began to just show me, even in Michigan when my parents were having trouble. He gave me a lady who lived next door who taught me to play the piano. I can't play it anymore. But after school, I'd rush into her house and I'd be on the keyboard for hours and hours. And the Lord showed me, he has never left you. He has never forsaken you. But you have to confront and allow him to heal the brokenness in your life. If you don't allow that, it becomes a problem. So many people carry their past with them. Everywhere they go. So I took mine into marriage. And if my husband said, that's a nice dress, I would be offended. Why is that a nice dress? Yesterday you said it was an excellent, beautiful, gorgeous dress. And today it's only a nice dress. I know I've gained weight since I had the baby. But, and he'd look at me. I just paid you a compliment. I said it's a nice dress. But the way you said it, because yesterday you said it was a gorgeous, beautiful Glorious, sexy dress, and today it's just a nice dress. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And he would just look at me. And he learned not to say a word. And then one day we were talking, and I said, I had a difficult background. He goes, I know. Because sometimes your reality is different from reality. He could take me out to a nice restaurant. And if he didn't gaze into my eyes the whole time we were eating, I would say, hmm. You know, I know I'm not the, the size two you married. And I was never a size two. And maybe I was a size six. But I would look at him because there was a past that I carried with me. Many of you are present in the room. But are you truly present or are you absent? Are you thinking of the fight you're going to go and fight when you get home? Are you thinking of the dysfunction? Are you thinking of all the pain, the molestation? Someone did something to you at age 10. You're now age 50 and it's still bothering you. The devil only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus Christ said, I've come to give you life, that you may have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. In the name of Jesus Christ, today we will experience an overflow. Supernatural. Bondages will be broken. And as I wrap up, you need to learn to be present. You need to learn to count your blessings. Do you know how God rewired my brain? Philippians 4.8 became my favorite verse. Whatsoever things that are true. Whatsoever things that are pure, and I would begin, what's true, what's noble, what's just, what's pure, what's lovely, of virtue, good report, praiseworthy, and I would begin, what's true? Overland didn't fly, but God is with me. He will never leave me, he'll never forsake me. I am in, tattooed on the palm of his hand, and so is Dr. K. An angel of the Lord in comfort round about us. No weapon fashioned against us can ever prosper. What is a noble thought? The noble thought is you will get us to where you want to get us to safely. You are big enough. You don't sleep, you don't slumber. What is noble? Just. And I would begin to recite that until my brain got rewired. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I had to rewire my brain. That now I have to say, God, how would I have acted 20 years ago? And then he shows me, and then I'm like, that's true. That was me. I was never, I never allowed myself to enjoy the blessings of God. You can be experiencing blessing and see the suffering. Today the Lord is going to change all of that in Jesus' name. So many people come home physically, but they are not present emotionally. So many people have gotten a divorce from home, from work, from life, yet people don't know it. You look at your spouse. She doesn't look like Pastor May. Pastor May is very fit. She's very skinny. She's gorgeous. Her hair is always perfect. And then you might look at your wife and go, I better come. Tiny, perfect. I bet wrinkle. Now the wife might look at the man 
And see, Dr. K dressed, coordinated the shoes, the tie, everything coordinated. And then you look at your husband. And you immediately are dissatisfied because I'm very yellow tie, low one more, green, chocolate. So I will Dr. K be Dr. K, she coordinate book boy. And you're dissatisfied. If you're gonna soar as an eagle, you begin to see your situation in the way God wants you to see it and not use your physical eyes because the things we see are temporary. The things we don't see are eternal and everlasting. So you stop looking with your physical eyes. We walk by faith, not by so many people. So they so so you're absent. You're absent. The only one that has been able to heal my past, that can heal your past, take care of the present, and prepare you for the future is the great I am. Because he was there when I was eight and listening to trauma. He knew exactly what happened to me, and he was with me. He never left me. He never forsook me. And the minute I said, okay, Lord, here I am. I'm ready to get rid of the nations of images, the imaginations, the images, and everything else. I'm ready to get rid of them, to cast them down. He was then able to heal me. Many of us turn to our spouses and expect them to say to us what they can't say because they were not there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That the great I am is the only one who can get in there and heal. And so marriages get dissolved, relationships get destroyed, because I'm asking you to fix what you never broke. Who fixes all things? I'm asking you to know exactly what to say to minister to me, to heal what happened to me, and you're just saying, oh, bless the Lord, and I'm like, I've allowed the Lord to heal. I can give my testimony. I can talk about it. You can put me in the front of the microphone, and I can give you graphic details of all the, the, the things that happened to me and my siblings without breaking down. Because if the Lord doesn't fully heal you, in 2004, I tried to talk about some details, and it was just too much. In front of a podium, I began to cry. Because I relived what had happened. The Lord had healed it, but I was not yet equipped to speak about it. And today I'm equipped, and I give God the glory for that. Marriages. I've talked about marriages. I'll talk about children. You look at your children, and you don't like what you see because they don't look like the other children. you got to change your thought and pull down that stronghold. Your work. You want to have a position that God will not give you because it could destroy you, and you're resentful of everyone around because you think you're not where you ought to be, but you haven't asked God where you ought to be. And so now you hate your work, you hate your kids, your ministry. Why don't I have Dr. K's ministry? Can you do what he does? Do you have the discipline, the self-control, and, and, the, and the motivation to get into a public transport at 7, 10 p.m.? Because you have to be somewhere. And trust God that angels will encompass the car. Do you have that? We want the glory, the glamorous stuff, but we don't want to know about the hard work. Can you handle that? Relatives. You hate your relatives because they're an embarrassment to you. How many people know what I'm talking about? You've gotten to a certain point in life and you hate your relatives because when you see other people's relatives, everyone seems to be okay and normal. And so you're living your life not seeing the goodness of the Lord and the blessings with which he's blessed you. But today, we're going to soar as eagles. We're going to mount up with wings and soar as eagles in the name of Jesus Christ. Never allow yourself to see yourself as others want to define you. That's the final one. You look in the mirror and you, you quote to yourself scriptures about what God says you are. You can wake me up at 2 a.m. and I have at least 50 scriptures I can quote about what God says I am, because I was never told that as a, as a child. I was told you're a smart aleck. 
You won't amount to anything. You won't have a happy home. You can't have a happy home. By people who should have been speaking life to me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? People would see me and they would speak death into my future. For all of you, that death has been spoken over your future. I break it and cast it down in Jesus' name. And I cover you in the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm going to do a quick altar call. And as I do the altar call, I want you to run out. I have, I'm going to give myself five minutes. Run out quickly. Let's all stand up. And I want you to run out quickly. There's something you need to give to God and let go permanently. Today we're going to do it in Jesus' name. The molestation, the abuse, all the things that have gone wrong in your life that you've not been able to tell anyone about, just come to the altar and just kneel and give it to God. Come to the altar and give it to the Lord. You can stand, you can kneel, whatever, but come quickly. We're going to pray over you. We're going to plead the blood of Jesus over your mind. Today is the day that there will be a new change and a strategic, strategic projection in your life. You're going to begin to soar in the name of Jesus Christ. Strongholds will be broken. You don't know your biological father. And that has defined you your whole life. You have a heavenly father who loves you. The Bible says even though my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord God himself will adopt me and take me up as his own. Begin to tell the Lord the things that have traumatized you that you've never been able to get rid of. Today, no more. It is over. The stronghold is pulled down in Jesus' name. Let's hurry up. We're going to pray. All what Satan meant for your harm and evil, the Lord will turn it around and use it for his glory. Today, I'm a different person. I'm a different person. I should be a woman full of self-pity, unable to be fulfilled, unable to be satisfied. I am the most joyous human being on the surface of the earth. Full of joy, full of gratitude, full of thanksgiving for what God has done for me because I took on what Satan meant for my evil and I turned it around by the power of the Holy Spirit. And God is using that. You can stand if there's no space to kneel, just stand. Give it to the Lord. If you need to cry, cry. If you need to say, God, I'm hurt, let the Lord know. He already knows. He just wants to heal. If there's no space, just come. If you have to kneel on the way to the back, just kneel. Give it to the Lord. You don't have to kneel. You can stand. But we're going to give it to the Lord. It's over. We're going, to, we're going to begin to soar and fly on eagle's wings today in the name of Jesus Christ. No limitation anymore. It's over. Satan has lost the battle. It is over. It's the dawn of a new day. A day where you will fly on eagle's wings. It's a, it's, a, it's a dawn of a new day. Begin to give it to the Lord. I sense there are more people that need to come out. People that are broken. People that are hurt. You look good on the outside. But there's pain. Agony that you can't speak of. Children that have betrayed you. Children that have abandoned you. Family members that are now wealthy and they don't even think about you. There's hurt. There's pain. There's rejection. There's bitterness. Resentment. Life hasn't treated you the way you wanted to treat you. And there are things you've locked up that you're going to give to the Lord today. It is over in Jesus' name. I'm going to give you two more minutes and then I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. Satan does not have a hold on you anymore in Jesus' name. It's over. All things will pass away permanently today in the name of Jesus Christ. 
all things will become new in your life. The Lord will open your eyes to begin to see his goodness, his mercy, his grace, his love, his protection in the land of the living today in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to give you one more minute and then we're going to pray. I sense there's still people. I sense there's still a few people. You're going to let it go today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I sense there are a few more people. This is an area that we don't like to talk about in the church. We don't like to talk about our brokenness. We don't like to talk about our pain. Our pain. We just dress up and go to church. And we leave sometimes even with more pain because you see people smiling and you have a lot you want to cry about. It's going to be over today. During this snow, you will supernaturally fly with no weights attached to you in Jesus' name. Give it to the Lord. Cry. It's okay to cry. We don't cry enough. As you give it to the Lord, He will cleanse it. He will heal it. Give it to Him. He's big enough. If I tell you my story, you'll be shocked at the level of verbal abuse I experienced. At the level of doshit that I was. Today I'm a different person. You won't even tell. We're going to give it to the Lord. It's okay to cry. In the name of Jesus. To break every chain. Thank you, Jesus. Break every chain. Thank you, Jesus. Break every chain. I'm going to pray. For those of you in front, stay where the way you are. Which the preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-00640.